0: Reality is spiritual. His truth is his truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Are you all excited? Are you all enjoying? Are you, how about this? Not enjoying. Are you feeling a transformation as we're going through this warfare series? Are you learning things? Do you feel like you're getting more victory? I mean, I know we're just a couple of weeks. and you, Okay, good. Good. This morning, um, I actually have a very simple, simple word. Um, But we're going to... I heard somebody somebody say, yes, like I need something simple for once. (laughs) Life is so complicated. Um, It's a very simple word, but I have to say we're going to take a bit of a complicated road to get there. And it's on purpose because I think... See, the Word of God is living and active, right? And so we're going to go through the Word of God... Like, we're going to take the long road to to get a very simple, life-changing truth that's going to make us victors in this warfare. Is that okay? Okay. Um, I'm just going to start by um, reading one scripture. Okay, John 16 um, and verse 12. Jesus is speaking here. And then here, here's the thing. I want to give you an assignment for the morning, okay? It's a participation thing. Um, we're going to be uh, following the road of authority in Jesus' example all morning, okay? Do you know there, there's only one standard that should be okay with you? What, what is it? Jesus. Jesus is the only standard, okay? Churches, us churches and religions and denominations and and god bless us all we're all disciples of jesus this is not a derogatory word i'm just saying we do all kinds of things um we set standards and say certain ways there's only one standard that is a standard that that is um that is the glory that he's bringing us to and that's that's the the model he is the model of a spirit-filled man (laughs) <laughs> okay and I think it was already mentioned this morning unless it's just so prominent on my mind um, and I say this all the time here it, the word of God is very clear that Jesus laid down the divine attributes Jesus um, laid down oh, actually I think it was in our pre-service prayer um, he laid down his divinity and he walked as a man and thank God he did it that way because he was laying down something that we can follow we're spirit filled people with a mighty calling. He had a mighty calling, and so do you. And we, he walked in the Spirit. And uh, now, don't anybody walk out of here thinking, I said he's not God. He is the eternal Son of God. He is God eternally. But he laid down the attributes and walked as a man. He ministered as one who was filled with the Spirit, exactly like you do. So it's something that you can follow. Okay. Here's his words, John 16, 12. He says, um, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For Now listen to this. When the Spirit of truth has come, I'm going to slow down. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Now, I don't know about you, if, you, if you've ever meditated on this. In fact, I'll just say, I had a profound experience <laughs> meditating on this this week. Notice something with me. Notice that he's speaking of the Holy Spirit, which is God himself, right? We have one God, Father, Son, and Spirit, one God. And this just said that the Spirit would not speak on his own authority. Have you ever noticed how peculiar that is? The Holy Spirit is God. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you something. There's, there's a way that it works, and we're going to see more of it as we just continue to walk along here. There's a, there is an order of authority in the kingdom of God. Go ahead and say there's an order of authority. So much so that the Holy Spirit, who is God himself, Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit, said the Holy Spirit wouldn't speak on his own authority. It just makes you go, what? <laughs> so whose authority? Is the Holy Spirit not authorized? Well, of course he is. Our God is one. But, but there is a relational ordering of authority in the kingdom of God. Okay? Um, now... I felt like I needed to start there, and um, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to do this part very quickly, but I'm going to go back, and I'm going to mention a couple of things that we've been doing for the past few weeks, so you've got that fresh on your mind, okay? I'm not going to go through the scriptures, but I'll just encourage you that if this piques your attention, and you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and listen to the last few weeks of podcasts, because I have a really important word to say this morning, but I want to get this back on our mind. Okay, war is about authority. Okay, that's what warfare is. Who has the authority? Who has, um, and I'm going to tell you, we're going to look this morning, I think, where it is power and authority. When Jesus um, sent them out, he said, I send you out with the power and authority. He didn't do that to be redundant. It is actually two different things. And whether it's this morning or next week, we're going to talk about the difference and how we are competent. In a spiritual war, knowing how we have both. This morning, for sure, we're talking about authority, okay? And war is about authority, okay? You, um, you'll remember, the demons instantly recognize him, and they instantly know his authority. What do they say? Things like, are you going to destroy us now? That's a question of, uh, they, they had an understanding. Even the demonic has an understanding that he just walked in the authority of the Father, And remember, Jesus is your standard. So in other words, what does that say? The demonic is supposed to know that you just walk in the authority of the Father. Okay? He peacefully exercises that authority, doesn't he? As you read the the Gospels, you never see a rattled Jesus, at least not over the demonic you don't I mean, you see him distressed you you see he's a very emotional person. you can 't read the Gospels and not find out that jesus was um was very much in touch with his heart that 's what being an emotional person is it's it's a positive thing, unlike our culture tells us and he wept over Jerusalem and he sweat blood before he was before he was put to death and i mean he he felt he just was never rattled by the demonic. And I've got to put this one back out there. War is about identity. I think that was last week. Okay, two identities: whose, his and yours. That was. I just I'm blown away by these songs. The war is about identity. Why? Do you know that your identity? Fully released in freedom and power is the most toxic thing to the kingdom of darkness. Now, I'm not talking about a new age self actualization thing or something. <laughs> I'm talking about your identity in Christ. You know, God knows you better than you know you. He's the one who wrote your plans, He's the one who has recorded in a book in the courts of heaven what your calling is. <laughs> That identity is the most dangerous thing, is what brings on warfare, okay? That's what's dangerous to the enemy. Okay, now I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about this morning, and this is the simple thing I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you, and I'm just going to tell you again. Your authority is in your mission. In fact, I want you to say that, my authority is in my mission, Okay, You're not authorized for just anything, and I'm going to show you that. You're authorized for something, or I'm okay with it if you want to think I'm authorized for some things. But really, you're authorized, you're really authorized in one thing, which is to live completely free and powerful of, in your identity in Christ. That's what you're authorized to do. Okay, so... Um, I'm feeling like I should tell this story, tell a little bit of my journey. I didn't prepare this part, so hopefully, hopefully this works for you. Um, I knew at a very young age that one of the things God had called over me was a healing gift, like lay hands and say, be healed kind of thing. Now I've also, more of my life, how do I say this? I've spent more of my life in great frustration over that gift than I have in like wild authority and success. <laughs> so what do I want to say so I've gone through long seasons where I've gone to lay hands I've said be healed I've prayed for people to no avail and it leads you to, to back to that to that private place to that intimacy with Jesus time again and time again going Lord why? I mean why could we heal this major thing with this person and then, and then I come over here and, and I'm laying hands at nothing <laughs> just to make me look silly, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm that, I'm that guy who's, um, you just wanted me to be nervous and look like a clown here. Now I'm going to tell you what I've come to um, over the years, and then we're going to look at it in the Word of God, I think. I've realized that it is in my calling, it is in my mission, which has everything to do with your identity, that the power, that both the authority and the power of God are available for for. Outworking. What did he say? He says, "He says I, um, you have freely received, freely give. So it, sh- it should flow freely, <laughs> right? So what is it? I've realized when I'm just when I'm just out when I'm outside of my primary mission." Um, and I've had God answer that too. Don't get me wrong, guys. Pray everywhere you go. Pray for everybody. What do you have to lose? Pray for people. But I'm just telling you what I found is that the authority, the real nucleus of authority, is in our calling. It's in our mission. And and I know that for me, one of my, one of the the centers of my calling is is the release, the lifting up of identities in Christ, of ministries, and of authority that they don't even know about themselves and God has always called me to lift lift that out of people. And I've noticed whenever I'm operating in that mission, then the power of the Holy Spirit for almost anything is available. And I think that's part of the reason we start to think, okay, boy, I'm going I'm going crazy. That's part of the reason we start to think um, Well, which gifts are mine? Oh, cool. Which gifts are yours? And it's okay. I I do believe that he means for us to have a handle on, like, I have particular gifts. But I'm far more adamant. The older I get and the more I walk with him, I'm far more adamant that the gift is the Holy Spirit. The gift is God himself. There's no limitation on your gifts, If there is a limitation, what I have to tell you this morning, and I promise we will look at the scripture in a minute, what I have to tell you is that the limitation is in in where your authority is. Your authority resides in what's spoken from the courts of heaven about your mission. And when you're operating there, the spirit of God, the kingdom of God is near you. The kingdom of God is available. The power of God is available. <clears throat> Someday I'll quit being frustrated when I pray for someone to be healed and they don't get it, um, perhaps. But I'm, I'm starting to gain a sense, and I would call that spiritual competence. There is actually an order that causes authority in the kingdom of God to work. In fact, we just read about it. God himself, between the three persons of the Godhead, one God, they limited, okay, help me with this, God, they submitted themselves, thank you, Jesus, unto each other in an order of authority. Is the Holy Spirit under the Father? No. Not really, but he sure did submit himself in an order of authority. Is Jesus under the Father? Is Jesus under the Spirit? Is the Spirit under Jesus? They are not. They're one God. But you will read, and I think we're going to read several, all over the place where they submitted themselves to operate within each other, under each other's authority. Okay, now I'm, I'm, um, I'm really impressed with Jesus, so I want to look at him a lot this morning. Um, you too? Yes. Yes. Good. Good. Go to John chapter 5 and verse 19. Okay, here it says, Then Jesus answered them and said to them, let me see if I can get this, Nah, the context doesn't even matter. I'm going to show you a pattern. That's why it doesn't matter. I'm just going to show you how it works in the kingdom of God in authority in this warfare. So Jesus is talking, and he answers and says to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Okay, You see, this is the Son who is eternal God putting himself under submission to the Father. <laughs> For the Father loves the Son. Now we have to just pause here. Um, what The first thing you learned in Sunday school as a kid still is the most important thing. It, it operates in an atmosphere of love. Let me tell you what's significant about that before I move on. So often... Um, See, what I'm trying to do, and I believe God's asked me to do this morning, is get you in touch with the fact that you should be in touch (laughs) with submission. Now, I've been in many seasons. This is not a word of condemnation. I've been in many seasons where I didn't have a clue what I was supposed to be doing at the moment. Okay? But it is appropriate to be a little distraught when you're in that season. Why? Because your authority lies in. In your mission, your authority lies in a walking in obedience to what God's calling over your life at the moment. And when you don't know what it is or you're not walking in it, you're walking outside of your authority. Jesus illustrates it. So here's what we do. We start to make it like he's a taskmaster, like he has a job for us. <laughs> and um, a needy God will never, will never represent him accurately. It's all for love. This authority operates in an atmosphere of love. He's crazy about you. And so therefore, he has called a mission over you that if you could see the full extent of it, it would blow you away. I'm convinced he protects us from seeing the full extent of it because then the glory of God would be so overwhelming it would blow you apart if you, if you had a revelation on his love. So verse 20 says, For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, see now we're reading about his mission now, Even so, the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. Now, I just want you to notice something. It may not be readily apparent. Right there, we're talking about authority. You have to remember that in Israel, their first kings were judges. They had judges that ruled before they had kings. It's a shadow of a shadow. We're talking about um, authority. And do you know who is supposed to reign with him? You are. That's God's plan. <laughs> you are supposed to reign with him. You'll remember at the end of, the at the end of that Passover meal that he had with his disciples, um, he said to them, I bestow on you a kingdom. And he says these weird words. He says, um, even that you're going to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. Isn't that odd? Do, do you think that God has a plan for us to like stand in judgment over, over his chosen people, Israel? Not really. What's that saying? It's, it's judgment over all who currently are not um, not believing, not, not lifting him as Lord and Messiah, right? That's the only thing there's judgment over in all of the universe. He's going to fulfill all things through his people, Israel. Thank God. <laughs> so this is talking about authority. The father judges no one, but what? He commits judgment into his son that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. See, that's the only judgment we're talking about. Okay, go to John 12. I'm going to keep moving fast. Throw something at me if you need me to slow down. I I just got a lot to say here. John 12, 42. See, I'm going to, as we move, I feel like I need to do this. This is coming to my mind. Now I'm going to speak in code to protect someone's privacy. Um, I was in conversation with someone this week who's in a major transition in their life. And they asked me to pray with them about it. So um, I began, um, first they had to give me the backstory. Um, it was a lot of backstory, story. <laughs> and I thank God for that because it really allowed me to see this person's heart. And what what I noticed in the way that she told the story is that she was mission first. You know what I'm saying? The, the thing that bothered her, the thing that um, she needed to know is um, what is the mission? What, what is it that you're calling me to, God? And if I know that, I'm cool. I could just tell that that was the heart: a mission first heart. OK? And then in this, there, there had to be like all kind of, like a whole string of miracles to transition from here to there, if that was even God's will. And um, will you pray with me? So I prayed with her, and, and I'll tell you this. what happened is all the doors were swung open. The red carpet was rolled out. And it's just just going exactly like it was supposed to. And as I sat and meditated, even as I prepared this message this week, I'm thinking to myself, it's because she's mission first. You see, there is authority. The authority of the kingdom of God is available as you move in what is spoken over you from the courts of heaven. Mission first. Have you ever been in um, a spiritual battle or a struggle or something where you just never win sometimes it goes on for years i'm not winning i'm not winning just me cool (laughs) anyone else yeah yeah and then okay thank you i gotta give fives over here i know you guys just had a breakthrough right yes thank you god um But I want to tell you something. Oftentimes, what it is, is we have to, God is trying to lead us into mission. There's not a limit on heaven's authority (laughs) to get the breakthrough. There is no limit there. He's He's leading us into the center of our mission so that we are walking in that authority. That is the breakthrough. He's far more concerned about your heart than he is about any outcome. He doesn't need anything from you. <laughs> He's crazy in love with you. Sometimes there's a prolonged battle because, because we're out we're walking outside of our mission. i got to tell you, anytime anymore, when I start to walk in the same battle for too long, I just go to my knees to where I'm like, I'm like, that's it. <laughs> I need to know why I'm outside the mission. I need to know what the mission is so that I'm walking back in where the authority is. I don't have my own authority. <laughs> I operate in his authority. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read in John twelve forty two. right? Is that where I was? Okay, all right. It says, nevertheless, now listen to this. Nevertheless, among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Now, I point out something. This isn't just talking about everybody. This passage actually specifies that among the rulers. In other words, listen to me. Among those who had some worldly authority, among those who had who had some control about. Their, their identity in this world. They had some authority. They particularly had it stacked against them. Do you notice that it, it says that they believed in him? There wasn't a belief problem. There was a conflict of two kingdoms. There was, there was conflicting authority that made it so that they didn't confess him. Amen? Amen? Okay, that's the mountains we've been talking about. Word of God says, you know, Jesus, Jesus in his earthly ministry, more than anything else that he did, I think, was he moved mountains. Remember we talked about the the Pharisees, the really authorized ones, they called mountains. That was their figure of speech. So when it says the faith of a mustard seed moves mountains, it's talking about that. It moves those world authority, mindsets, teachings, philosophies that are contrary to God are moved out of the way. That's what Jesus did. And that's what this is talking about. Why did they not confess him? The mountains were too big for those that had conflicting authorities to wield. It says, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now, verse 44, here's really why I'm reading this. It says, then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. That's the two kingdom thing we've been teaching about. Remember, the enemy really doesn't hate you. He has no affection for you whatsoever. (laughs) He does hate Jesus and his kingdom. The kingdom of darkness, it is two opposed a king- kingdoms. That's the warfare. And which authority is going to win? Now what complicates this is God gave dominion in the earth to man. <laughs> so the kingdom of light winning first had to start with Jesus, right? God had to lay it down and become a man because dominion had been given to man. In the Earth, and now he 's carrying that on. that is the size of your calling <laughs> i don 't freak you out or anything, but it 's a pretty big calling <laughs> Where am I? and if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him for I did not con- um, I did not come to judge the world but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I've spoken will judge him in the last day. Now, here it is. Now, listen to me. Verse 49. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command. That's mission. Gave him a command. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. You see, these are the words of a person, a spirit-filled person, who understands the source of authority. Do you see that? He, these are the words of a person that understands that he has authority so long as he's walking in his mission. I'm just going to put it out there are you fighting for a breakthrough? Cry out to God for mission. What is your mission? If you know what if you know what mission what calling is on your life and your and your um then then ask him where you need to start walking in it because there's not a limit on heaven's authority. Now next week we're going to talk about power. That's something that's learned. In intimacy we're going to talk about that next week but this week authority there's no limit on authority so long as it proceeds from the throne where all authority comes from you see you can be walking in a way that is that is not in submission to the throne where all authority comes from and i'm, I'm not talking about sin and maybe i should be that is certainly one way <laughs> okay that's real too sin and darkness in your life, is certainly one way that you can be walking out of submission from the throne where all authority comes from. And believe me, the battles will win against you. They will. Because you'll be outside of the, of the, the order of authority in the kingdom of God. We should say that too. But there's another part here. There's just a part in understanding that, that you're a creature designed for mission. You were made to glorify him. In fact, your joy, your fulfillment, your inheritance lays in glorifying Him. You have a mission that no other human being that ever lived has ever had to glorify Him in a way that no other human being who's ever lived or ever will can glorify Him that way. That's what you're made for. When you're walking in that, in submission to where all authority comes from, you have unlimited authority. The kingdom of God is available to you is the message of Jesus. Go tell them that the kingdom is upon you. Every time he sent them, they didn't have to study and prepare a lot because he kept the message really simple. (laughs) The, The kingdom is yours. It's right there. You submit yourself where authority comes from. Okay, let's, let's do John 15 and verse 9. Now this is leading to a really painfully personal place. So go ahead and put your seatbelt on. We're going to turn this from here's how the kingdom of God works to I believe here's what God wants to say this morning. Verse 9, Jesus speaking. As the Father loved me, I've also loved you. Abide in my love. Now grab this. We talked about this before. This, uh, this authority operates in an atmosphere of love, period. <laughs> if you're working for God, I'm just going to tell you this is the truth. If you're working for God, like he's your boss, he will probably withhold the authority. I'm just telling you, he, he wants to have a, a relationship of love. You're his beloved, not his employee. You're the son, not the slave. It's a relationship of love. And, and when you're in that intimacy where you're receiving the mission and you're walking in what you're receiving, authority's going to be unlimited. I'm still working on it, but I don't want you to hear that like I got this. This is just what he asked me to say. <laughs> Because it's the truth. <laughs> okay, where was I reading? Nine, thank you. He says, so, so you got to take that love or I'm going to tell you the next sentence I'm about to read will throw you into so much untruth you'll just, you won't even be residing in the truth because the next sentence says if you keep my commandments now say that's mission. That's mission, keeping commandments. He's not, he's not commanding things over you because he doesn't like you. He wants to smack you around. This is privilege. These commandments are mission that he's speaking over you. Those commandments, commandments because he's so crazy in love with you that he wouldn't let you go on without, without sharing in the glory and the joy of the mission. Those commandments, if you, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love just as... I have kept my Father's commandments and I abide in his love. Now, I'm going to ask you something. Does this scripture say anything about how, how the Father's love for you will change if you don't keep the commandments? <laughs> no. And I think that's what we usually do with it. A lot of times we read that and then we think, "Woo! if I'm going to abide in the Father's love, I better do what I'm opposed to. <laughs> right? That is not what it's saying. It's just saying, it's saying... um, Where do you abide? (laughs) Okay? It is in his love. All it's saying is keeping his commandments, walking in your mission, means that you're, necessarily, means that you are in that atmosphere of love where his authority flows freely. And we'll talk about power next week. That's a whole other matter. Jesus sent them out. He said, I give you power and authority. That's good news. How can you be quiet? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I was in nine. These things I've spoken to you. These things, now listen. Actually, you've got to say this. He finishes by saying these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Where, where does your joy reside? In your mission. Somebody's listening. In your mission, because you're made for it. You're made for it. From glory to glory, God's taking you from glory to glory. Let me tell you what that is. Every level of glory you step up to is another level of authority and power in your mission because you're because everything you do is given glory to him. You're made to give glory to him and to walk out successfully walk out a mission. Okay. <laughs> All right, this is what um, we're going to move. We're going to keep doing this next week. Next week, we're going we're to take what we just learned on authority, and we're going to add power to it. We're going to say what the Word of God says about you being empowered. And see, let me, just give you, let me just give you a glimpse, okay? Authority, you're getting this from this morning. Authority is mission. Mission is authority. In other words, it's, it's a commission. <laughs> it's God saying, I commission you to... And it's not even to do. It's, I commission you to be you. <laughs> Does that make sense? I commission your identity. Yes, there are things to do in it. And he has, he has specific ideas about what you're going to accomplish in intimacy with him. But he says, I commission you to be you. That's your authority. I, I hate to say it, but at least if you're anything like me, I've spent most of my life being something other than me in God's idea. There's no authority in that. <laughs> Power is, is ability, is ability in the moment. Power is the ability to, to carry out the authority. You understand authority is, um, yes, you are authorized to carry out this mission, um, but do you understand you can be, let me give an example. Um. Lord, help me with an example. <laughs> um, okay, you can be the son of a king and be absolutely powerless. But you already, you understand authority is. Authority is eternal. He, you have recorded in a book that is yours in the courts of heaven, I can't go look at it this morning, where it is already recorded who you are. And in that epic court case, and, and it has its authority in it. Why? Authority is in the Word of God. When he said, Let there be light, there was light. Period. Why? Because he's that authorized. <laughs> he has that authority. So when he speaks over you and says, This is who you are, it comes with its own authority. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. You have your authority, it's eternal. Now, whether you're operating in it or not, whether you can even touch your authority is a whole nother matter. Power is the ability to reach up into the words of God, rip open heaven like the, like the curtain was torn and the Holy Spirit came out. And power is the ability to reach in and grab the ability to accomplish what is yours. That's power. Okay, that's, that's, um, we're going to look at that a lot Next week, God willing. Um, But let's, I think we'll finish with this. Okay, go to John 15 and verse 9. Okay. No. Let's don't do that. (laughs) We did that already, didn't we? We're going to close with this. John 20, verse 19. Were y'all just going to let me do it again? <laughs> Maybe we should do it again. No. <laughs> yeah. Let me say this again. I don't think you're getting it. No. I'm... Okay, John 20, 19. Um, so here's where it gets intensely personal, okay? And we've got to get this. Because um, I believe God's going to do something today for us, okay? Verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now we're going to keep reading, but listen to me. Context in case someone's not on it. This is, um, Jesus has um, been crucified. He's gone and conquered hell. He's been raised from the dead, and they're all in this room. Afraid. Yeah, that's the opposite of an atmosphere of love. Fear, oh, thank you. (laughs) That's the spirit in you. Fear is an atmosphere that authority cannot flow in. Fear is the kryptonite of authority. (laughs) Why? Because perfect love casts out fear. Why does perfect love cast out fear? Because you're supposed to reign with Christ. You're supposed to sit in a seat. You are seated in the heavenly places. As we sang this morning, you're seated where all authority flows. That's your destiny, to be in control with Jesus. Fear whether it be in a church, in a household, in a marriage, if the fear in how you're raising your children, fear will shut down authority, because it's the opposite of love. <clears throat> Good job. <laughs> She's going to be talking next week. <clears throat> OK. John 2019. Um, let's see, I already started reading. Okay, so they're up there afraid. Peace be with you. Verse 20, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. You notice he's had to say that twice. (laughs) Do you know why? No, we're going to leave that alone. you know what he's saying? No, we're not. You know what he's saying when he says peace to you? He's saying the kingdom is yours. He came to bring peace, peace between us and God. Where love wins, fear falls, and dominion is rightly restored in man. In other words, what is that? Authority is restored in man. Why does he say it twice? I have a feeling they had a hard time believing it the first time. And so he says again in more than one of the synoptic gospels it records he says peace peace to you twice because he's saying the kingdom is upon you twice he's saying authority and dominion are restored to you do you know that that is the battle that is the battle of spiritual warfare knowing who we are I'm his beloved I'm his son I'm the authorized one you shouldn't mess with me because I'm authorized I carry the authority of the throne of Jesus. So, um, so Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As, now listen, here it is. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he would said this, he breathed on them, and he said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Okay? As the Father has sent me, I send you. Get a load of that. What he's telling you is, I think it's right where I started. What you read about Jesus is your standard. How how was he sent? He, He was sent with full authorization on his identity, filled with the Spirit. He was sent like that. As he was sent, he sends you. I recommend you meditate on that for at least 29 hours. As Jesus was sent, <laughs> he sends you. That's a lot of authority. I mean, think about that. If you had a handle on your identity, if we even just had a glimpse of how we're loved, just a glimpse of your, the size and significance of your mission.